Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, 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 hey. What up, what up, though? It's your boy Reggie Watkins, and you are listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, comment, subscribe. But when you go to the comments, please just don't be hating because we don't like the hate, man. It's all about love here. And make sure if you like the podcast, you tell a friend, uh, share it. We're on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Or you can find us on Spotify, um, TuneIn, Google Play Store, I mean Google Music, all that, all that stuff. We're everywhere. My man Kevin Cleveland's producing, engineering. Kevin, what's good? What's cracking? How you doing, brother? Hey, Reg. Doing pretty good. Uh, getting a little bummed here at the end of the NFL season. So, um going to be a little bit of a slow period for me and i'm battling some back pain so working on that yeah oh oh back pain is back pain is never good kevin so i, I think we talked about that make sure you hit that heat pad and some ice i mean when you get to be our age man you gotta take it easy and make sure you uh you recover well i, I was there last week bedridden about two weeks ago i could not move but today i'm moving and i feel good we got a great show coming up for y'all we are going to talk about hitting men in the franks and beans because that happened in the NBA last night. We're going to catch up on what happens next for the teams eliminated in the uh, the championship weekend. But first up. So, if you guys listen to the show, which you know you listen to, if you're, if you're fans of the show and you've been paying attention, you know I'm extremely happy about this Super Bowl. And why would I be happy about this Super Bowl, Kevin? Uh, I'm guessing uh, because it's the first time we're having two black quarterbacks go at it. You're damn right. It's the first all-black quarterback Super Bowl, and I am ecstatic. And I want y'all to understand why I'm so ecstatic. It's not just because, yo, okay, uh, right off top. I root for everybody black because for so long, black people were always held down and and, and just uh, marginalized and, and, and hell, slavery. So I root for everything black, especially when black people are doing astronomical things and achieving greatness. I want to see that so that we get to a place of fairness and equality, right? Because we are not there yet. We are, we are, we are better than we were before, but we are still not there yet. We got, we got ways to go and we're getting there, but this helps us get there in other ways that people didn't imagine, right? I played quarterback my whole, when I was younger, I wanted to be a quarterback my whole life. I, and, and the reason I wanted to become a quarterback was because of the 87 Super Bowl between the then Washington, we used to call them the Redskins, terrible name, Washington Redskins, and the Denver Broncos. That was, hell, I actually, I was going through this with my wife this morning. I remember basically every Super Bowl since 83. I remember being a kid in my memories of, of watching in 83. My grandfather was watching the Super Bowl, and I want to say 83 was... Uh, I want to say 83 was the was the Redskins back then against the Raiders. I remember glimpses of that at being a kid. But the one that I remember the most and actually remember watching was 87 because it was a huge deal because Doug Williams was the first black quarterback to start a Super Bowl. And they played against the different Broncos. And Doug Williams went out there and whooped the Broncos' ass 
and beat John Elway in the process. And John Elway at the time was like the new it dude. I mean, John Elway came in the 83 draft and he was the dude. You know what I'm saying? He was that dude. Like we talk about, you know, the new phenoms coming up who were just balling, right? Doug Williams was out there throwing the ball around the yard through, I think he threw four touchdowns like that dude. And he was the MVP. Not only was the first starting black quarterback in the Super Bowl, he was the MVP. And I remember it being such a joyous occasion for black people that I knew. They were so excited to see this happen. And that dude won. And you just thought, man, this is going to usher in all types of black quarterbacks being in the Super Bowls, being in the NFL. And it didn't really happen that way. Right? Um, because black quarterbacks were, were still frowned upon. And I wanted to be a quarterback. I tried to play quarterback Every team I was on, every Pop Warner team I was on, but they always made me play running back because I was a little fast and I could still throw the ball better than anybody we had at quarterback. But for some reason, because I could run, they're like, oh, we don't we don't really want to run at quarterback. We want to just have somebody back here throwing the ball. So if you can run, why not just be a running back? They always pushed me to running back. And I never understood. Why wouldn't it just make sense to have a dude who could throw the ball and run if i'm touching the ball every single play wouldn't that make it more dangerous for the defense would they rather wouldn't they rather have a guy who they knew was never going to leave this pocket back here so i never understood even as a kid i always wondered why why wouldn't you just want somebody who was more athletic playing this position and we never ended up getting it and not that doug williams was like the super athlete doug williams was the mold of the, the the white pocket quarterback. That dude sat back there and threw the ball all over the field, wasn't running all over the place. He was a pocket quarterback. And it never really materialized to the revolution that we thought was coming from there. But as time went on, the game evolved, and we started seeing the athleticism of the position. And it stopped being a thing that was frowned upon, Right? I thought Randall Cunningham, Randall Cunningham to me is one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. I, I don't, you, you could throw out, throw out all these damn, throw out the, 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 the championships, the, the, the Super Bowls, all that stuff. Randall Cunningham was really the quarterback that came in and made it cool to run and throw. That dude was a monster. Never had the greatest teams around him. His defenses weren't the greatest. He never really had the dopest receivers. But that dude was it. He was it for me. I wanted to be Randall Cunningham. And you never really saw more of him after he came until Michael Vick showed up. Michael Vick showed up, and Michael Vick was the running quarterback who... We were going to see, can this dude who can run turn into a passer and revolutionize the game? And he got there, and of course, he never really got it done. He had the dog thing and had to go away. Came back, redeemed himself, and, and balled out. I still think Michael Vick 2010 is maybe the greatest quarterback season I had seen until Lamar Jackson. And as you see, every year we're getting we're getting closer. People are starting to get more into having these quarterbacks that can do everything, right? 
Hell, Steve Young. We, we take back to Steve Young. Steve Young, before Lamar Jackson, before Michael Vick, Steve Young, a white dude who battled the stigmatism of being a running quarterback his whole life. He was the, he was the whitest black quarterback, I mean, the, the blackest white quarterback in the NFL for years. And it was frowned upon for him. He had to learn how to not run. But why? Why not have a quarterback who could scramble and get you yards? That was Steve Young's whole deal. He could run around and he could sit back there and, and laser you to death. And for my money, Steve Young is a top five quarterback to me. For me, I take Steve Young over Joe Montana. I say this all the time. If I had to win one game, you give me Steve Young. You give me a Randall Cunningham. You give me Michael Vick 2010. For me, that's what I love. You give me Aaron Rodgers, right? I want the dudes who could run around, make things happen, and also kill you from the pocket. So we start to see the the rise of athleticism in the NFL, and, it, and it's no coincidence that as these defenses get faster, more precise, um, the rush ends are running four fours and four threes. You've got to get a dude who can move around. You, you, of course, you need the guy who can process the information quick, like a Tom Brady, right? But you need a great offensive line, and you need a quarterback back there who can think on on the move and on in a hurry, right? So you start to see that it starts to whittle down the quarterback position to the great quick processors, which Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. And, then, and Drew Brees, and, and Drew Brees can move around a bit too. And then you have to have these athletic guys, right? you got to have the athletic guys and the guys who can process quick, Aaron Rodgers. And then Lamar Jackson comes along. And Lamar Jackson is the realized version of everything that you wanted from Michael Vick. He turns into the dude who can not only throw for 3,000 yards, but he rushed for 1,000. And one the MVP in 2019. And I don't know why that wasn't a bigger deal. I think people need to wrap their minds around this. The dude threw for over 3,000 yards and rushed 4,000. We have never, ever, ever seen that in the NFL. We probably will never see it again unless it comes from Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields. That is... These dudes were, hell, Cam Newton didn't get three and one, you know what I'm saying? But Cam Newton was still the the entire offense for the Carolina Panthers, led them to a Super Bowl. I keep getting, I, I just, I lose my train here because I'm so excited and I'm so just, two black quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. It was always thought that black quarterbacks couldn't, lead a team they didn't have the mental capacity i mean hell gms and executives were openly saying these things in like the 60s 70s 80s this was something they thought and for years you just weren't getting black quarterbacks getting the benefit of the doubt you weren't seeing black quarterbacks being drafted you know in the top 10 it started happening later on in time especially the the big caveat with it was how much money they were giving these top picks so you weren't going to you weren't going to give a black dude all this money because of course you know, the stigmatism of they're just going to blow this money and they're going to be lazy and they're going to get the money and not do the work right that was that was a stigmatism that stopped people from giving black quarterbacks 
first round chances. But with Lamar Jackson coming in, you can see a big change coming with the quarterback position. A, lot, a big change coming. And I saw this and I said, he is ushering in the end of the quote-unquote white quarterback. And what I mean by white quarterback is the statue quarterback. You just saw Brady retire this year, this this last week for a second time. The dinosaur QB is gone. The guy who just sits back there in the pocket is gone because we don't have the time. You don't have the time to be able to sit back there and never get pressured, never have to move. You have to be able to move in this game now because the defenses are just too fast. You've got linebackers. Back in the day, when it was third and 10, the linebackers came off the field and they bring in a dime defense where they'd have more DBs, right? But now you've got linebackers who can run 4-3, four, 4-4. Four, four. They don't have to leave the field. So they can sit there and watch your 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 forever running 40 quarterback never move the pocket you don't have to take the linebackers off the field because they're fast enough to stay in there and cover wide receivers and get to your quarterback if he can't run but when you have a lamar jackson who won the mvp in 2019 and guess who got drafted in 2020 off the strength of lamar jackson winning an mvp yes jalen hurts jalen hurts got drafted because Lamar Jackson won an MVP and showed everybody, yo, this might be the way to go. And Jalen Hurts was doing this in college. He did this at Oklahoma. He did this at Alabama and then got benched that that uh, that uh, national championship game where Tua came in and took over because Jalen Hurts couldn't throw the ball. Jalen Hurts goes to Oklahoma, turns into a – and a, a dude who could throw the ball all over the field. He was throwing the C.D. Lamb, all these dope Oklahoma receivers, and running, got himself to be a Heisman candidate. I was begging for the Niners to draft him. Begging! We could have had this dude. We had Jimmy Garoppolo, so we thought we were good. No, Don't know why we ever thought that. And here we are now with Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes, uh, the Jordan, the, I mean Jordan, LeBron, of football the dude just gets it done any way every way possible and takes lesser talented teams to super bowls and is the standard for quarterback and happens to be black he can throw from anywhere on the field any angle on the field any any arm angle you want and he can run and on the other side you've got jalen hurts doing everything as well mvp candidate probably the runner-up to patrick mahomes being the quarterback the the nfl mvp how crazy is that the nfl mvp is going to be a black quarterback the nfl runner-up mvp is going to be a black quarterback the revolution is here and now you're starting to see the white quarterbacks play like black quarterbacks played that was frowned upon for years josh allen that dude is a running quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, running quarterback. Justin Herbert, not a runner, but can run and is athletic. You have to be athletic to play this quarterback position now, which only makes sense. Why wouldn't you want the guy who touches the ball every single play to be the most athletic person on your team? I, I, I don't know why it took decades for them to get this. But it did. And now you're seeing in college, 
Hell, BYU has a black dude starting at quarterback. When BYU's got a black dude starting at quarterback, you know some things done changed. You're seeing it everywhere. The first two quarterbacks drafted in the NFL this coming draft will be two black dudes. Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Hell, Anthony Richardson from Florida is probably going to be a top 10 pick. Why? Because Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is showing you what the possibilities are. What happens when you get a guy like this, bring him in, and get him some weapons? Because Jalen Hurts is not Patrick Mahomes. There's only one Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes can do this with anybody on his team and, and, and make everybody spectacular. Jalen Hurts, last year, I watched him play against the Bucs, and I was like, I don't know if this dude is it. But it's the same thing for Dak Prescott. You could watch him this year and be like, I don't know if he's... And he had a good season. He wasn't terrible, but like we'd like to make him out to be. But these guys aren't Patrick. You've got to get them some good players around them and then let them flourish. Like every other quarterback in the league, Joe Burrow has two number one receivers. Therefore, Joe Burrow is going to look good. And he has two starting running backs. Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs, um, Gabe, uh, Gabe, Gabe McKenzie or Dixon or whoever the hell. They've got receivers and people are talking about well he doesn't have enough so let's get him another another number one receiver to go along with Stefan Diggs Justin Herbert Keenan McCardle no not Keenan McCardle <laughs> he's got who's I forget who his uh who his re- receivers are the, the two guys who aren't they ain't they ain't fast but they're good outside chain moving receivers Mike Williams and uh Keenan Keenan something I forget his damn last name um but he's got receivers We've been watching Lamar Jackson struggle for years and years and years to get over the hump. And he finally won a playoff game, I think, last season. But Lamar Jackson, every offseason, they just get him another tight end. They get him another running back, right? Instead of giving this dude a chance to actually throw the ball and show what we can do as a passer. And you get you can hear it, you can see it in the comments every time somebody's talking about Lamar Jackson's, oh, he's trash, he can't throw the ball. They don't, they don't have the personnel to throw the ball. He's throwing to number twos and number threes. Get this guy a number one, and let's see what's gonna happen. But Lamar, but but Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes playing in this Super Bowl is just going to usher in more of this revolution. You're going to have to have athletic dudes play in this position. And through the history of the game, the most athletic dudes have happened to be your black guys. And every now and then you get you get you get a Josh Allen, you get a Trevor Lawrence, and it's going to they're going to have to adjust. You're going to see more and more athletic white dudes coming up and playing quarterback. I mean, it's just what it's going to have to be. It's going to turn into a position where you have to be able to run the ball because playing 11 on 11 football is something that defenses are afraid of. You have to account for the quarterback running. That changes your whole defensive strategy. It makes your offense easier. It makes everybody's job easier. I am so excited for this. I cannot wait. We will talk about the game next week before the game and give you my picks and all that stuff. But I'm just enjoying this right now. I'm enjoying it. Anybody wants to talk to me about it, we can talk about it. Yo, Doug Williams was the first. Then we got uh, Donovan McNabb uh, against against Tom Brady, right, and the, the Patriots. Then we ended up with uh, Cam Newton, 
No, no, Russell Wilson, then Cam Newton. Then we have Patrick, and now we got Patrick and Jalen Hurts. I can't wait. I'm ecstatic. All-black quarterback Super Bowl, baby. Let's go. Back after the break. All right, so we're going to do a little, you know, recap on the teams that lost and what the next moves are for for them. Um, We'll start with the Bengals. Bengals had a, I mean, that was a tough loss. I I thought the Bengals were going to win that game just because Patrick Mahomes had no real number one receivers. Uh, I didn't think their defense was that great. And I just thought that the Bengals, with all their weapons, would be able to come in there and move the ball and do what they wanted to do. And it didn't go that way because Patrick Mahomes is just greater than everybody else in this game. It was just plain and simple. And we had all that talk about Burrow. Is Burrow the best quarterback in the NFL? I can't believe Dan Orlovsky and Chris Sims had the nerve to say stuff like this. It wasn't just them. It's a bunch of people who were just trying to push this dude up, and it just made no sense. But I don't want to disrespect Burrow. He is dope as hell as long as you've got pieces around that dude to keep him being dope as hell. And again, Burrow is one of those dudes. He can run. Don't don't let it fool you. He will get you 15 yards on the ground in a scramble. You got to. And that's what what he did. That game, it just wasn't enough. So where do they go from here? They've got some decisions to make, right? They're going to have to let go of T. Higgins. T. Higgins is a number one receiver, but they can't pay him as a number one receiver. And then next year, have to pay Jamar Chase as a number one receiver. The money just ain't going to work. And again, we are talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. They're cheap. They got to pay Joe Burrow. They might have to pay him this year. They got to give him a lot of money. And they, it just ain't going to work out. So they're going to either have to trade T. Higgins because he's due for a contract extension. They're going to have to trade him. Or you mess around and risk losing him. You you play him, you let, let, him, let him play this year out, and you risk losing him next year. I think they're going to have to trade him and let somebody else give him the money. And then what happens with with Burrow? Do you is him losing two number ones? Because that's going to change their that's going to change their offensive dynamic. Not having those two number one receivers that people have to account for, because that opens up the running game for them. When you have to have people paying attention to the two outside receivers, Joe Mixon just got arrested for uh, threatening a woman with a gun. No surprise. We saw that in Oklahoma when he punched a chick in a restaurant. I don't know if people remember that. Dude is a menace. And uh, just was hiding on the surface for a little while. And of course, the real Joe Mixon just stood up. He's trash. What are you going to do with that? You going to have a dude who threatens women with guns on your team? Hope not. So that might have to be an, uh, an issue right there, right? He could be suspended for the season, possibly be gone. Samaj P. Ryan, I believe he's still there. Nice, nice running back to have. Defense, they need better DBs. Eli Apple talked all that trash and got out there and got exposed again. A.J. Hilton, good, not great. They need DBs, and they're going to take a step back. Because if you think about it, they won this division because Lamar Jackson was hurt. Before Lamar Lamar Jackson got hurt, the Ravens were in the first place in the AFC North. And they had beaten the Bengals already. They were 1-0 against the Bengals. 
They lost when La, uh, Tyler Huntley had to come in and play for uh, for Lamar Jackson in the second half of the season. And then they lost the playoff game, which they should have won if Tyler Huntley hadn't fumbled that damn ball on the goal line. So, and again, I kind of, I was going with the Bengals being lucky last year because everything did break right for them. Hell, they beat the Titans with Joe, Joe Burrow getting sacked like nine times, and they won that game because... Uh, your boy Tannehill had to throw interceptions, just had to throw interceptions. Could not, he couldn't stand to win that game. He had to throw some interceptions and gave the Bengals that game. Then they beat the Raiders, luckily. Like, it was a, a luck-filled season for, for them. And then they beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship with Patrick Mahomes playing like some version that we've never seen of Patrick Mahomes in the second half and it still went to overtime. I think they take a step back next year because the money is about to change. They got to pay Joe Burrow some real money and they're going to have to make a decision on T Higgins. And I don't think there's any good way to do that besides trading him. It's kind of like what Tennessee did last year with AJ Brown. You, you either want to pay this guy because you believe in your team and what now that was their one. Number one, the Bengals already got Jamar chase. They've got the real number one for them. T Higgins is the number one, the number two, number one. He's got to go. They can't afford to pay all those dudes. He's going to go, and it's going to change life in Cincinnati. I don't see them, depending on what the Ravens do. Ravens mess around, and they go and get DeAndre Hopkins from Arizona and give Lamar a real number one and revamp this. They just got rid of uh, Greg Roman, so they're going to be changing up their offense. Hopefully they bring a guy in who can actually develop a passing game for this team. They got, you know, they got Bateman, right? They got Rashad Bateman. They've got some good pieces. They need to get a real number one for, for Lamar, and we're going to see the Ravens take over that division because when they got Roquan Smith, that changed their whole defense. Their defense became amazing after that. And so I'm excited to see what's going to happen next year in the AFC North. I think it's going to be a battle again between the Bengals and the Ravens, but if Lamar is healthy and they actually pay that dude, which I think is going to happen because Jalen Hurts got to the Super Bowl and is showing people, yo, we got to do this, the Ravens are going to give him his money. And we're going to see a, a, a battle in the AFC North next year. Then we come to my team, the San Francisco 49ers. Not really San Francisco, it's Santa Clara 49ers because they play in Santa Clara. So please stop calling San Francisco. I call them Santa Clara 49ers. We got some decisions to make too. Luckily, not luckily. Well, okay, here's what I'll say. The Trey Lance, Brock Purdy thing. This Brock Purdy thing was getting so off the rails and I know why. It's because we as people just love a good fairy tale, right? We want to believe that the underdog, and I don't know why why people rock that way because I am not, I do not mess around with the underdog theory. I don't, I always want to see the best team win. I want to see the most entertainment possible in my sporting events in my life. I want the cream of the crop to always rise. I do not want to see Cinderella winning the damn game. That's just not, I want to see the best. I don't relate to the underdog thing. I just, it's just not me. I, I, I'm never, I don't ever feel like underdog. Like Joe Burrow said, I, I don't relate to underdogs. I, me either. I always think I'm going to win. I don't care what I'm doing. I am going to win. That's how I feel anytime I walk into anything. So, I know why most of America identifies with this underdog. We're the little guy that could, and they want this Brock Purdy story to be the thing, and he's the new guy, and he should be the quarterback going in. Why? I want you. I, we have to understand something here. 
Brock Purdy was passed on by 31 NFL, 32 NFL teams seven times. So actually, let's say 31. 31 NFL teams passed on Brock Purdy seven times. The 49ers did it six. And they saw him play college quarterback for four straight years and still would not take that guy until the last pick in the draft. Trey Lance played one game his final season and one real season the year before that against D1 AA competition. And that was enough for an NFL team to draft him number three overall. There's a reason. There's a reason why that guy went so high with no tape and this guy went so low with all the tape. Talent matters. And if you're watching the Niners play against the Eagles, and of course Brock Purdy got hurt, even in those drops before he got hurt, you could tell the Eagles are just a better team. Why? Because they had a quarterback that could make things happen. The 49ers had a quarterback that was having things happen around him. That's how we won these games. And we won 10 straight games. We were like, well, he's undefeated. Dog, we got to stop doing this quarterback record thing. Quarterbacks, if you're not the driver of the bus, you are just a product of what is happening around you. Brock Purdy was just not messing things up. And that's all you need when you've got all that talent around you, except for you're going to get into a game where you can't just, you have to make things happen for you. And that is not what Brock Purdy was going to do. That's not who he is. There's, that's why he wasn't drafted in the top 10. If he was a guy who could make things happen for you, the teams would have drafted him earlier. And, well, Tom Brady became a guy. Yeah, Tom Brady is an outlier. You're not going to, we didn't find the next Tom Brady. <laughs> that, 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 that's not how this thing goes. And especially not in the NFL where now you've got to be faster and more athletic to play this quarterback position to actually matter. It's never going to happen again. Well, when, when the Patriots drafted Mac Jones, I was like, what the hell are they thinking? They're going to be drafted another quarterback in three or four years because these pocket guys can't play in this league anymore. And Brock Purdy's not just a pocket guy. He can move around a little bit, but not like a Trey Lance. And his arm is not like a Trey Lance where he can erase, you know, bad weather and throw through it. I was there in Chicago watching that dude throw in a monsoon. And he made spectacular throws in his first starting game. This was never going to be a thing. And now that Brock Purdy possibly is injured for six months we can chill and let Trey have this team and make things happen and show you that this offense with Christian McCaffrey Christian McCaffrey is still here he's under contract until 2025 right Debo Samuel just got his money now they're gonna have to do something with Brandon Ayuk uh they're not going I think they're gonna let him just play this year out this this year because this is last year of his contract you cannot unless he'll take a small extension he's not good enough to give $100 million to. He's not A.J. Brown. We're not giving him $100 million. He's not a number one like that. He's a good guy. We can replace that. Although we don't have any draft picks. The Niners have, <laughs> I think they start in the fourth round. Fourth, fifth, they got a couple of fifths, sixth and the seventh, right? 
that's what they got because they traded everything away for who? For Trey Lance. And you act like you think that we're going to, they traded away the world and they're not going to let this guy play or try to realize this potential. Kyle Shanahan has been looking for a Trey Lance forever. And he finally got one. And you think he's going to go to Jimmy Garoppolo point 2.0 and Brock Purdy instead of rolling out this, this thing they paid all this money for to see if it could be the dynamic thing they hope it would be. You're crazy. On defense, Nick Bosa's got to get paid. He's going to get paid because he's going to be the defensive player of the year. We're going to have to make some adjustments on the on the defensive backfield, right? He's getting a little older. Jimmy Ward is getting a little older. Uh, we've got Ward, but the DBs aren't so good. They've got to get and replenish that. Now, they've got people coming back off injury. Jason Verrett, who got injured at the beginning of the season. Emmanuel Mosley got injured at the beginning of the season. These guys have been on injured reserve. Those are two starting quarter, cornerbacks that we lost. They should be back. We lost D'Amico Ryan to the Texans. Thank, thank the Lord. <laughs> the Texans are dedicated to hiring brothers. They're also dedicated to firing brothers because they just fired two in one seasons, each consecutive one seasons for both of the black quarter coaches got fired. But D'Amico Ryan just signed a six-year deal, so hopefully he makes it to year two. I'm just hoping. But uh, we lost D'Amico Ryan as the defensive coordinator, and we have to find another one. But for some reason, Kyle Shanahan, if, if anybody's out there looking for black coaches, y'all talk to Kyle Shanahan because he seems to be able to find them. Okay? So I'm imagining our next defensive coordinator will be a brother that Kyle Shanahan finds somewhere, and he'll be showing people that he should be a head coach somewhere. We got to replace D'Amico, and we're going to pay Nick Bosa. We got to get some DBs. But on offense, when they get Trey Lance and he gets some experience and gets the ball, this NFC West is the Niners' division to, to be had. There's a, there's a case for the Niners. The Eagles aren't going anywhere. That roster is stacked, and the quarterback is young and still on a rookie deal. They're going to have to pay him probably next year, figure out some extension for him next year. But the Eagles, 49ers, those are the only two teams in the NFC with real stakes and real, real rosters, right? This could be a thing coming for the next few years. And the Cowboys. It's the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the 49ers. Cowboys are, 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 are a couple of players away. They need another real good receiver on the outside, uh, on the other side of uh, CeeDee Lamb. They need a, a good corner on the other side of, of Trayvon Diggs. They're a good team. Those are the three teams in the NFC, and the Niners are right there. If Trey Lance turns into, if Trey Lance turns into Jalen Hurts, Niners are winning the Super Bowl. If he could be a, a, a Jalen Hurts, and he's got everything there. He's got two wide receivers. He's got Kittle. He's got McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell. They need to upgrade their offensive line. They got they got. I think they're going to lose McGlinchey, uh, but they need to get some more pieces on the offensive line. They're stacked. The Niners, the Niners look good. I I see bright things, and if, when this when this Super Bowl is over, I'm putting my money on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl next year. I'm going to put my money down. As soon as the line comes out, 49ers win the Super Bowl in 2024. Book it. You heard it here right now. Book it. We back after the break. Okay, so real quick, last night uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers played the Memphis Grizzlies, 
and there was a little kerfuffle that happened in the game between Dylan Brooks and Donovan Mitchell. And it seems like lately Dylan Brooks is always in the news and the Memphis Grizzlies are always in the news because they just love talking and running their mouth when they ain't done nothing, man. They have not won anything, and they talk about we want all the smoke, we all this. Man, just shut up and win some damn games. Can y'all get to a damn NBA Finals before we keep hearing about this, this, this damn Memphis team? And I love John Morant, man. I think the dude is dope, but man, just relax. He, 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 he's nice, but he ain't done nothing yet. He ain't won no MVPs. He ain't won no, 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 no championships. They haven't done a damn thing. And Dylan Brooks be out there always running his mouth. And so last night, uh, he, he goes up for, man, he goes up. I want to say, or Donovan Mitchell went up for something and he got fouled, came down, fell down. Dylan Brooks fell down and rolled over into Donovan Mitchell and threw his arm up to hit Donovan Mitchell in the Franks and Beans. And y'all know what Franks and Beans is, right? If y'all if y'all see the something about Mary, uh, go back and see that one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> Hits him in the Franks and Beans purposefully. Now, I have a a strict rule and a real thinking about this. And I'll tell you if anybody who ever hits another man in that region, a, a man who hits another man in that region is to me now and forever known as a sucker. We know how you know how bad that hurts down there when you, cause everybody at some point has been hit there or kicked there or fallen or, or it fell on something there. You know how life altering that can feel, Right. For another man to do that to another man is the lowest of the low and the wackest of the whack. And I have zero respect for Dylan Brooks from here on out. Because once you show me that you are a dude who does that, I know that you are whack. I cannot think of you any other way. There's no way I could ever see you and talk to you on the street without thinking, oh, this old sucker that hit, tried to hit the dude in the Franks and Beans. That, there's, it's burnt in my mind. And then he tried to hit him in the Franks and Beans Donovan Mitchell threw the ball at his face and then got up and Dylan Brooks got up and wanted nothing. And then Donovan Mitchell pushed him and Donovan Mitchell didn't really look like he wanted to fight either because you wouldn't push him. You would have just swung on that dude. Right. But he just pushed him. And then Dylan Brooks was, was falling back and not, you know, didn't look like them. But he, he had all the anger going up for that when he tried to hit him in the nuts. And all I could think back to was a couple of weeks ago when Shannon Sharp was was barking at him. He was barking at Shannon Sharp. But I wish Shannon Sharp would have knocked his block off. Because that sucker hits people in the Franks and Beans. Him, you know, Chris Paul is dirty for that too. I don't like Chris Paul. I don't like, oh, Draymond tried to kick LeBron in the nuts. I don't like dudes that be hitting people in the nuts. It's the wackest thing ever. And if you, anybody, or if you are somebody who has ever kicked somebody purposefully in the nuts or touched somebody or punched somebody in the nuts, you a sucker too. You've been listening to I'm Probably Right. Thank you. My name is Reggie Watkins. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. Tell a friend if you like the show. Uh, find us on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, all that. Uh, SoundCloud, we everywhere. Oh, Kevin Cleveland's engineer, producing, running the show. Thank you so much. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.